What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast, man. I am your host, Troy Aline, a.k.a. The Wayfarer. This is the Self-Medicated Podcast for Monday, February 17th. Uh, what is this, episode four at this point? We rolling. We rolling. Four episodes in. Getting, getting better, I hope. <laughs> I hope. We were just talking about, kind of went on a little awesome conversation that should have been recorded. It's my fault that we weren't recording. But Justin has me trying this uh, Goose Island Bourbon County 2015 and 2018 Stout Aged in Bourbon Barrels Beer. I think is all of the adjectives I can put <laughs> put like into it. That. Really good. So like uh, dark beer, heavy beer, stout, very chocolatey, very bourbony, very uh, eclectic. Like you got to be into this shit to fuck with it. And I'm into it and I fuck with it. And we were talking about, so I, I did a Google search. So this shit is called Bourbon County. So it's named after a specific place in Kentucky. And uh, the total population is under 20,000 people in this entire county, right? Where this, where this beer is made uh, or, or named after. Uh, we got to thinking about how that industry um, is like all of the industry for that region, very similar to like a coal mining town, right? Or uh, Humboldt County out in California, how they do weed, right? Like this, this um, community is reliant upon this good, and that is their entire basis for economic stability um, overall. And and because it, I think, is so uh, volatile of, of a way of living, that's why the population ends up being so small and restricted in these types of areas, right? Um, it's very fam- familial, lineal, uh, how it's passed down to maintaining these. But the other thing is what's interesting about what I think like an example of what black people have been complaining about in like as far as treatment in this country is the folks in those types of communities even if they were and in, like including immigrant communities of Italians and Irish folks and you know all these different other immigrants they were given the opportunity to have some sort of economic benefit of the privatization of their shit Right. So like if you think about it, like Goose Island is based in Chicago, but they have a beer named Bourbon County out in Kentucky. So they have some sort of connection to Kentucky, which means that even as a private industry or uh, as a private company in this like booming industry, there is still some sort of economic tie back to the original community where this shit came from. Right. the, The name of it is on the bottle. Like they like bourbon barrels you're probably only going to be able to get those from kentucky like we don't got none in chicago i can tell you that not no original ones right so like if you think about that economic connect or that uh kind of generational connection to economic opportunity those are the types of things that black folks have never been afforded those types of um you know partnerships and and deals that would empower those communities for the long term to be able to build and be acknowledged that's the type of shit that black folks have been complaining about so yeah stop doing that fuck shit start giving black people their credit for their shit i mean we're starting to see it a little bit more in with like ip intellectual property um because like 
white folks can't physically give up their shit. Like they they have a hard time with that. So like I, I do think we're starting to see some progress towards kind of a little bit more equity when we talk about like entertainment industry um, and intellectual property and creativity, the culture as the kids call it. I think you see a little bit more of it there, but you know, we should try to replicate that out overall. This, so that was a political statement and I do have one other political-ish thing to say, to talk about, but I don't really want to get into politics too heavy in this podcast unless it's really localized politics and shit that matters either either in Chicago or any other kind of local place. I'm not really trying to like bring too much attention to uh, like national politics because it's a fucking game, like it's a joke. But I will say, I will say, if Bernie Sanders wins the nomination for the Democrats, Bernie versus Trump debates are going to be some of the best shit ever. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be fucking incredible. Can you imagine fucking Trump and Bernie? Bernie losing his shit hair all wild. <laughs> and some dumb shit that Trump just said. And Trump being like completely oblivious to how dumb he sounds. But like treating the fuck out of Bernie. Like you're going to have a heart attack right now. Like can you imagine how entertaining that shit would be? Like nothing productive will ever get said in those. Like... Bernie don't have the patience to deal with Donald Trump's ass, and Donald Trump is all he's gonna do is below the belt shots the whole time. That's gonna be like a great heavyweight bout as far as entertainment value. Like, you can't, and they're like the polar opposites. You got the extreme right, you got the extreme left. Like, that's shit. That's what the people wanna see. That's fucking, that's, that's Floyd and Manny when we wanted to see it, goddamn. <laughs> way after so yeah that's my donnie versus bernie would be fucking entertaining that would be awesome i'm surprised there's not a cartoon about it already oh there will be if that happens yeah it will it will south park or the simpsons are gonna have like they're gonna have it here soon (laughs) snl can be funny they would have a great opportunity for some great comedy but I don't see that happening. They they don't have the, the that platform is outdated. That's the only thing. Like I still feel like they have good creative folks involved with that show, but the platform is outdated. Mm. You gotta figure out how to update your platform if you want to continue to exist. Um, it's a legacy act, so it's never going away. I mean, it could go somewhere, depending on how this industry goes. It can go. It can go away. You would have to take it. Uh, was it NBC? Was it NBC? Yeah, it'd mm-hmm. take NBC to go somewhere for them to get rid of that. Which is not, do you like, think that's far-fetched for nah. NBC to be knocked the fuck out of here? All right, so what, are, what, does, what does NBC really own in terms of shit that has replay value? Because in, order to, in <clears throat> order to be really, to, so in order to be considered one of these like uh, gatekeeper companies, right? Like one of these ultra-powerful companies, you have to have something that is going to keep you relevant always, right? Um, yeah. As one, you have to have something in your pocket. So one of your assets has to be something that keeps you relevant forever. Friends, for example, The Office, for example, Family Guy. See, like, what is their franchise that they have under the, like, shit is 30 like Rock? Dancing like, with the Stars, The Madness uh, Singer, shit that appeals to people like in the Midwest, the older people, shit we don't watch it. or even think about. Got it. 
those are their flagship things where they make their money. Then they can afford stuff like SNL, which right. probably still makes money, but it's like it's not popping in the streets. Right. Nobody's really talking about it. That's a good point. But like Mass Singer, those type shits, that brings in a massive audience. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, yeah, they're definitely one of those. One of those. That's a lot of. That's a lot of fucking eyes. Daytime they have. talk shows. Those bring in a lot of money as well. Yep. Like What's the stuff? daytime shows on NPC? They do all of the, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> they do, like, the divorce courts and people courts and shit on NBC, don't they? Or is that What's ABC? On, brother, I don't know. <laughs> daytime TV. Yeah. Y'all let us know what be on daytime TV. <laughs> yeah, all the people no jobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you ain't got no job, let us know what would be on TV while the rest of us is working. Ready to get into the fuckery. Which fuckery are we talking about? Juicy Smollett. Juicy... Smollett, motherfucking Jesse Smollett. First of all, so, all right, so really, this is just honestly an excuse to bring back an old topic that existed before this podcast did, so I can get my takes off now on some shit that's like a year old now, but, because that, that, all that really happened is the nigga got reindicted, but... So, like, ain't not, no new shit happened except now motherfuckers is really finna press his, press his ass. But that really just gives him this, us another excuse to talk about what the fuck happened. So, this nigga. <laughs> uh, so, for those who don't know, and I don't understand how you could not know. If you're listening to this, this is some shit you know about, honestly. So, Jesse Smollett. Uh, or as as the great philosopher Dave Chappelle calls him, Juicy Smollier, uh, the Frenchman. Um, what was it? Was this last year? This time? It was about, yeah, about maybe a year and a. Cold as fuck. It yeah, it was the polar, polar vortex. vortex. Yeah. Uh, we be having them shits all the time, so it's hard to pinpoint when exactly this was. It was sometime in the last two years. Uh, Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett, I don't even remember this nigga's name. Jesse Smollett was, uh, was, uh, accosted by two gentlemen who committed hate crimes against him. And, uh, that prompted some investigations and allegations that ended up an agreement made between Jesse and the district attorney, I guess, um, Cook County district attorney, I believe, Kim Fox, where he did some community service, paid a fine, and then basically charges were not pursued. Um, I believe is is the gist of what happened. I can go into details about the nigga story and all of that shit, but I don't think that's relevant right now yet. We can get into that in a little bit, but. Um, so recently what happened, the reason why, and that happened about a year ago, this was like probably December 2018, maybe it was cold, one of them cold ass times. And so the reason why this is, so charges were dropped, he, you know, he did some community service, paid a fine, charges were dropped, this shit had gone on, Empire's still on, I think, but he got kicked off. Um, I think I saw something where he was like maybe coming back for an episode or some shit, but nah, that was some bullshit. This probably came from him and his people. Uh, But then, so then, most recently, uh, apparently some special prosecutor is like, motherfucker. What the hell was that? 
did y'all read this shit? Did y'all see? Did y'all did y'all know what happened? And decided to uh, uh, reopen the case and bring charges against against Jesse. So basically, all of this shit that people said was gonna happen to Jesse and he got away with. It's probably going to end up happening to him, and what? So there's a couple of interesting aspects to this, right? Like one is the fact that um, some special prosecutor is reopening a case that was dismissed by the person who's in charge of this type of shit. That's one dynamic. That's you know one one lane to explore. Another lane to explore is the fact that it's an election year. Kim Fox is running for. Um, you know, she's rerunning for her position and obviously she has opponents who potentially could have a hand in facilitating this type of shit to, you know, make her look bad for folks who believe that she should have brought charges or more should have happened or whatever. This gives, uh, her opponents a titty to latch onto, so to speak, right? Like some, something to hold on to, to, to oppose her. And then... And then you have like the third aspect of really what the fuck happened. And every time I think about this, it is some of the wildest shit I can think of. And this, I feel like this builds also a little bit on uh, a point I made in another podcast about watch who the fuck y'all are following in these fucking movements. So this kind of low-key built into that in a, in a way, in a way that's not really too hard to get to. But I I, want to go back to the fact that these charges are being brought up again. So what confused me is if he basically, he made a deal. He He basically had a plea deal, right? Like, so he, he exchanged a service and some money to the government to say that, hey, because I did this community service and paid this fine, uh, I, I now have demonstrated that this is not really that big of a deal. I was wilding a little bit, but y'all don't really have to press charges. I, I see what I did. We we have some sort of agreement, right? Um, and so to me, that was my understanding of how he basically got off. Ken Fox and them was like, my nigga, what the fuck? You was tweaking. You had us out here doing all of this shit. You're going to have to pay a fine, do some community service, make a public statement, and we ain't going to say shit else. Like, hands washed. Everybody go their separate way. Typical celebrity shit. Right, typical celebrity shit. But also kind of some solidarity shit, too, if you think about it. In terms of, you know, the public stance that Jussie said he was doing the shit for, like the, the kind of angle that he was kind of uh, bringing awareness to, right? Like what he was talking about and the fact that Kim Fox is a black woman that's backed by a lot of the progressive young black folks in Chicago like you could see that as kind of a solidarity statement you for her to use her power to to you know slap him on the wrist so to speak and allow him that platform to really elevate what he was trying to talk about as wild as, as that shit was all right whatever this is what happens when our people are in power we ain't gonna fucking put you under the jail nigga even when you wallet right because I don't think he needed to go to fucking jail he needs to be reprimanded in some kind of way but like 
to put him under the jail for for the dumb shit that he did. Like that's kind of like that's kind of wildin'. That's like sending some kids to jail for throwing rocks. It's like you reprimand them, like you let them know, yo, this shit ain't cool. You don't do that, and everybody move on. But nah, these motherfuckers is coming for his head. <laughs> and apparently this special prosecutor came at Cam Fox, came at Jussie, he came at everybody. It was like, oh hell no, nah. motherfuckers, do y'all know what happened? And I think that more and more details is about to start leaking. I remember when I first heard about the story, I was like, ah, this, <laughs> this nigga, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? Because the shit didn't add up to me off rip. And this was at a time where you had to be uh, very, very careful about what you like publicly announced. This was right around the time when I stopped saying my opinions publicly. Because uh, <laughs> shit like this was happening. And, you know, all these like woke celebrities and these, you know, leaders in these work circles had all of this to say about support Jesse and all of this. But at the same time, they also know good and goddamn well that shit was not adding up and it looked funny and nigga what right it was a whole lot of nigga what in that story but you you ever had a home uh, like a homie telling you something or one of your homegirls was uh telling you a story and they try to skip over some shit but it's really kind of important and you be like hold up nigga what like go back like hold on what happened yeah this is one of the whole jesse story is that is a nigga what moment it's like a what the, wait <laughs> like how you just gonna skip over that for you bury in the lead motherfucker uh i don't know man so that so yeah jesse so the other part is now we have to now the fact is that he's probably gonna go to jail if they're reopening this case and there's nothing but solidarity that stopped him getting convicted he's probably gonna go to jail and you know now there's now there's this now it's no longer just a a, a a trivial pursuit movement right now it's not like pop culture trivia anymore now it is legal precedent time and like and like what you know what happens um what level is he about to be charged with i don't know there's just there's just a lot uh my 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 thing is at this point, the person who was in charge of doing this dismissed it or they came to some sort of agreement. I feel like that's where it should be left unless some new shit comes out or there has been some new kind of effects to the, that shit that happened. I feel like it should just be left where it was and and that's it. But we know that's not how shit works in this country. And if there's some kind of gain that can be had by anyone, somebody else would be thrown under the bus and especially if that person is is black so that's what that is but i can't wait for jesse to say something i can't wait for jesse to say something because he gonna say something and it's gonna be wild it's gonna be remember the last thing he really publicly said was he was the gay tupac Tupac. yeah so that was the last that was like the last thing he was loud about so like now what, nigga? <laughs> now now what you gonna say? You you skated by. The other thing too is Jesse has always maintained that he was innocent. He has always said, "Yo, I'm innocent." You know, I stand by what I said. La da da da. Even the people who came out and defended him, who had like conversations with him, was like, "Yo, the man said he was innocent." To like they said that so much that 
I started feeling like, okay, it's a technicality, mm-hmm. right? Like you're harping on the semantics of what you're innocent about because you're only saying that, <laughs> right? Like that's all you're saying. You ain't saying you're not deviating from this stance at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Shout out to Jesse. Um, Dwayne Wade's kid. I mean, I feel like this has been completely blown out of proportion in terms of uh, a news item. Um, So for those who don't know, I believe the reason that this is a news item is because the Wade family has, I guess, publicly came out uh, with their, uh, their child, their daughter coming out as trans. Um, and them now referring to uh, them as female and using um, she, her type pronouns, mm-hmm. uh, changing their name to Zaya and referring to her as her um, at 12 and, you know, uh, publicly announcing that Zaya is trans, right? trans, transsexual. Um, and so I guess that is what's the deal maybe because it's Dwayne Wade maybe because it's um, a pretty young child it's a 12 year old maybe because whatever this is a news item but I feel like the most critical element to this story to me is well I think there's two I think there one is um you know a black family dealing with these type of identity structures that exist and and dealing with that like you know traditionally black folks we don't handle this type of shit well right like there's a lot of stigmas that exist in our community about your identity and and what you choose to fuck on or who you choose to fuck on and what that means about you and how folks deal with you or judge you and and not in the greatest way in our community i think um and so i think that's one element but then the other element that I think a lot of folks are talking about is the age aspect and the fact that Zaya is 12 years old. And, you know, what? at what point do you start having autonomy over the decisions that you make about your body, your identity, your future, etc.? What role do your parents play in that? How do you support someone going through these type of, um, you know, identity i don't want to say issues because it's like it's, it's literally just figuring out who you are everybody has this thing where you figure out who you are and what you want to be you know so it's not an issue but it's a it's a moment if for lack of a better word um and so yeah i feel like that's the reason those are the two reasons really why this is news otherwise like at this point in 2020 who really honestly gives a fuck there's just a lot of intersections of why this one is a lot of people are talking about this, but um, I guess my take is I don't think are they are they like when they, when they say so. What I've heard is Zaya is transitioning, right? Mm. Does that mean that she is taking hormones? Does that mean she is going through surgeries? Like, what does that mean? Because um, I've heard like I've had trans homies who have described transitioning as more so of a kind of coming to terms with publicly identifying this way, right? And not necessarily doing any kind of 
medical changes, but more of a mentality change and embracing this identity and, you know what I'm saying, doing it that way. So that, I've heard folks describe that as transitioning from like being secretive or or ashamed to being proud and open about it. So I've heard that as being described as a transition, but I think more commonly what folks know as transitioning is like kind of the chemical or physical transition of like taking hormones or having certain addition or subtraction surgeries or you know what, what whatever whatever that looks like so that's the one thing that i'm confused about is how are how how is uh what what does transitioning mean for them um and, and what that means because i think depending on that interpretation a lot can come with that right like if you are um creating a structure where you're supporting how someone's identity feels to them at that moment or are just creating an environment where they can explore that and what that means. I think that anybody of any age deserves that. And if their parents can facilitate that type of environment, that's cool. I think that's ideal, right? That's the perfect scenario. That's the dream scenario. Um, but if you are taking measures to make permanent decisions based on that type of exploration, then now as the parents and as the responsible adults, now you have a responsibility to continue building a structure of exploration and not permanence, right? Because you, what you have to do, especially for someone that young, is create the environment where they can figure it out. You cannot facilitate them doing something permanent based on this exploration stage. And I feel like that's what you're the gatekeeper of, of like, all right, you can explore this, you can figure out what this looks like, you can learn about it, shit, I can fucking probably learn about it too. But in learning about this, we're not gonna make any decisions at this point and at this stage that we can't reverse or that we can't continue to grow from and continue to expand our understanding of. Right, that to me, that's where the parents in these type of situations have a role to play in, like kind of putting your foot down. Like, like I feel you. I understand that your chance. We're we're going to acknowledge you as such. We're going to build this environment where, you know, we're going to support you in that identity. But if that involves surgeries or chemicals, I'm not going to give my approval on that. We're going to provide the environment for you to live in that and let that be your truth. And when you become of age to make that decision for yourself, then you can do whatever you want to do. But I'm not about to let you do that on my own at this point in this stage as the one responsible for you, right? So that's 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 kind of how I feel. I feel like it's the the parents' job and parents' responsibility to allow that type of exploration and just be the support system that they need um, and and like the source of information that they need as they're going through this change. And once they are in a position to make a permanent decision, all you gotta do is support them at that point, right? Like you've built the environment that they need and you've given them all the information they need and you know how to find the information. At this point, you gotta trust in your skills and be like, all right, go ahead, nigga. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Go ahead, nigga. Now you can, like, and whatever you choose to do, I'm behind you 100% and we gonna do this together and, and it is what it is. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel, I mean, to me, obviously, a huge shout out to Dwayne Wade, to uh, Gabrielle Union, and their and the whole Wade family for being, um, you know, supportive and, and publicly so. 
I think this is something that's very, very important and needed. I think this is another uh, signal of kind of the change in our community of talking about shit that we haven't talked about before. Like I talked about Snoop asking for consent when he cussed out Gayle King. Um, I think this kind of example of this family, you know, being supportive of these identity Olympics, as a lot of folks like to call it, I think that's very, very important and, and very important for our community to progress. Uh, it's very, 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 very important. But a couple segments that I think are important. We always, always, always have a relationship segment. Um, and I think this one is an interesting one, which is like the best gift you've ever gotten. Uh, the reason why this is a question is because, and Valentine's Day is over, so I can speak my piece now. I couldn't say this shit before Valentine's Day. But like, Valentine's Day is one of the worst holidays that exists, bro. It's such bullshit. Well, let's be nice. Yeah. Let's be nice. We don't have to go there. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. It's such bullshit. It's so painful. It's such a painful holiday. It's like one. It's a slap in the fucking face is what it is. But I will say because the way we're both set up, we're, we're kind of like don't like what to be told to do. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit rebellious in that sense. The fact that someone's telling you telling us that we need to shower them. It's not even a woman, it's just society telling us we need to shower them with gifts or do stuff. We don't like that part of it. I can see why you would say it. You feel the same way I do about it. Yeah. Yes, and. I <laughs> <Improv>. think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, and. The thing about that is the, the fact of the matter is I could understand that type of expectation being laid on someone who has the opportunity to have that same expectation of you, right? And that's where shit gets tricky because this is just, with without some sort of, uh, what did Lauren Hill teach the black community? Reciprocity, you, you know what I'm saying? Then at some point, how am I? How else, how else should this be viewed other than you taking advantage of some shit? And the some shit is my kindness, right? <laughs> right? Like the some shit is me giving a fuck about how you actually feel and wanting you to not feel like shit and wanting you to feel happy. So like, why should like we're literally celebrating a day of I give a fuck about how you feel, even though this is stupid. But I'm still gonna give you what you need. Like, it's kind of a mind fuck if you really think about it. And then so to counteract that, folks have started celebrating Sweetest Day, which yeah. is in the fall, right? And uh, don't forget about Low Job and Steak Day. What day is that? Birthday? <laughs> nah, man, I think it's in Low uh, Job and Steak Day. May 16th or 17th, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Put, that, put that down. We need to spread yeah. the Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Low Job and Steak Day. But see, no, I actually don't like this because what we're doing is we're trying to March fourteenth is blowjob and steak day. March. Steak and knobber day. What? March fourteenth. It's coming up. On the corner. It's coming up. Ladies. So maybe I maybe I celebrate <laughs> it this year. But these <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But this one right here. <laughs> right. I'm gonna start this campaign after March fourteenth. <laughs> but but now nah, all we're doing is we're we're like what I don't so. This is what it comes down to. What I don't like about 
a Valentine's Day or a Sweetest Day or a Steak and Knobber Day is what we're doing is we're trying to hold exclusive um, these like activities that are like fun and pleasurable and enjoyable and we're using them to hold them as hostage in exchange for uh in exchange for you facilitating an emotion mm. like do we like this is what's actually happening if we want to break it down this is what's happening we're saying we're setting up behaviors we're encouraging behaviors that say hey you like getting hit you like steak i'm only going to help you achieve and like have those things one day per year you enjoy it so then you need to be i need to make sure that you have that once a year that is my version of doing my job and ensuring your happiness once every fucking rotation of the sun you get this thing that you love and you enjoy and now this is where it gets crazy if anyone else if you find or if you come across anyone else who is willing to help you facilitate these things that you enjoy any other time, oh, that's a problem. That's not okay. So, like, you're not allowed to fill in the other 364 holes <laughs> that you have in your year, right? You're not allowed to do that because that is against the social contract. All right, cool. I'm the only one who can provide this for you, and you only getting it once a year. So what we're doing is we're facilitating... A, a society where pleasure is being leveraged for activity and behavior, right? This is just like when you give a dog. <laughs> That's just like when you give. Um, it's not just like, but uh, a parallel is when you give a dog a treat for sitting down, right? You're saying, "Yo, good job, you did it. That's what I wanted you to do. Here's your treat." Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. So for, for us to have a steak and blowjob day and a Valentine's Day, not only is disrespectful, I think, to the sentiments and emotions that this these holidays are supposed to, to celebrate, as if I can only feel these things annually for the person that I'm involved with. Um, I think that is kind of wild. Like, I feel like buying my shorty flowers and like doing a back rub in a spa day more than once a year. So like, am I supposed to hold back, hold that back and like save it? Because like, would it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, it's confusing and it's ridiculous. And I think that it's kind of wild. And, and I'm also not even getting into the gender equity piece of this. That's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother tangent all i'm saying is for anyone celebrating a day of uh enjoyment with your significant other to restrict that to once a year is kind of wild and if we're not going to restrict it to once a year we got to get rid of that day that celebrates it once a year it should be something consistent but what what do i know what do I know? <laughs> I don't know shit. I really wanted to talk about uh, the Drake and Future. I really, really wanted to talk about this because I think that there's some shit going on. Okay. 
Um, so this theory you said you had. Mm-hmm. Most folks are familiar with the joint album that Drake and Future released, What a Time to Be Alive. And, uh, you know, it was a great album. I think it was a timely album. I think they had just, like, reconciled whatever beef they had over whatever bitches they was fucking. Uh, so they, they had, like, made up and, you know, went on tour and all of this good shit. And so uh, recently, in recent weeks, um, they have been, like, shooting videos together, being on social media together, releasing songs together. Um, so they released the song Life is Good with a beat switch up. I think we talked about it on this podcast, too. I was talking about how people hated Future's version and how they didn't have anything to do with each other or whatever. But, no, I thought the I thought it was a really good song. It was dope. It was lit. And then shortly after that song came out, I think I just when I heard the snippet for Desires. And uh, I think it was just the hook for Desires that I heard at that point. But then Life is Good started blowing up. But the album didn't come out. We didn't hear, like, there was a little bit of, I think they shot a video for Life is Good. There, there was, like, a little bit of buzz, but no video came out. Then they started releasing, like, other shit. So Drake put out the Desires leaked version. So the snippet that we heard had, like, a long future verse. But then the, the leak that Drake put out was a longer Drake verse and a shorter Future verse. So he basically cut Future out the verse. Basically is what happened. Um, and released that song on SoundCloud. And then, uh, so that was like late last week probably. Um, and then more recently in the last couple of days, this nigga Future did a remix to Life Is Good where he cut out Drake's verse and put the baby and Lil Baby on the song. Uh, on the remix, and so now we have, so now we have the two singles to a to an alleged uh, Drake and Future album that have been repurposed to exclude the other one. <laughs> if this ain't a beef, I don't know what is. You you're releasing the singles that you have two singles for your project. You put those out, and then each of you remove remove the other's verse. And re-release the song. That's what? What are we talking about? It's either a marketing tool or it's beef, right? Because we were expecting this shit to come out a while ago now, right? I think I think there were rumors a long time ago. And then the fact that they were shooting videos and releasing singles kind of like made it more official. And now it's just like, well, niggas, are y'all putting the shit out or not? And at this point, so we know a Drake album is coming. He said that his... uh. Rap Radar interview, so we know a solo Drake project is coming for sure. I think that if Drake wanted to release early quarter two, quarter three with that album, then he would need a Drake future album to facilitate moving into his solo, right? Like, he can't come off Scorpion and not release no project and go into this album this summer, early December, mid-spring without that. So maybe they they had legitimate plans to put out this Drake and Future album, yeah. and then them nigga like Future started fucking with Lori and was like, <laughs> got, got distracted, or Drake got jealous. One of the two. Lori eventually get to Drake, you know what I'm saying? She's doing the rounds right now, so she'll get to Drake. You think she'll get to Drake? I don't think she will. She's getting to everybody else. I don't think she, she will. She went from Diddy to from Diddy's son to Diddy. 
I don't think I she will. Keep up. I don't think she will. She a real nigga. She gonna get to Drake. Then she gonna get some songs written about her. <laughs> she gotta break Future's heart first so we can get the best. Album if we can get, if we can get a same girl album Ooh. from Drake and Future, it definitely has some more brothers though. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely, they should do a whole album. Yes, of girls they like battled each other for <laughs> about like what do you do you not oh that would be awesome that would be so entertaining. <laughs> What's the song? Same is the same girl. Uh, yeah, Nasty Usher. man and Usher. <laughs> Nasty man and Usher had same girl. And that's a really good song. It but is. imagine a, a fucking Future and Drake album mm. of stories. I don't think niggas willing to get that vulnerable though. Them two niggas are. <laughs> Them two niggas are, bro. Maybe Drake, not Future. You don't think? But that's the balance. About a loss. But so that's the balance. Future is gonna say it from the, from the toxic nigga aspect. We need that. Yeah, and we need that balance to Drake's accountable ass. Like mm-hmm. you know, I did you wrong. It was my fault. And then Future's gonna be like, "But you made me." You know what I'm saying? Like that's the balance that. Niggas need, <laughs> and yeah, man, that's what we need. That's that's the project that we need. That's the project that we need. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, that, that's man. Fuck all that. That's what I want to hear. That's exactly <laughs> what I want to hear. I want to hear a same girl album. All right, I think it's time to wrap this thing up, man. But we would be remiss if we did not do Florida Man. We have to do Florida Man. For today, so Florida man for Monday, February seventeenth. February seventeenth, Florida man. What do we got? Oh yeah, yeah. This will this will do it. Um. So <clears throat> the headline here is Florida man arrested after pointing a laser at a helicopter. You know, we all do dumb shit. You know how, like, there's certain, like, prank type shit you can do that you know would be disruptive and maybe kind of funny, but you just also know you shouldn't do it, like yelling fire in a movie theater or pulling the fire alarm at a goddamn conference or something like that. Like, you gotta know that pointing a laser at a helicopter is one of them things. I remember when I was in high school once I had a laser pointer pin. Like, it was a laser pointer, but it was also a pin, and I was writing, but I did not know this. I borrowed it from someone. But I was writing in class and apparently I kept like my knuckle or something kept bumping against the pen so it kept flashing the laser on the ceiling. I ended up getting in trouble and almost got suspended for that shit because apparently having a laser pointer in school is like a suspendable offense because they're dangerous, right? Presumably you could point it and burn somebody's retina or whatever. So in school specifically, they're like, yeah, really like pressed about that shit. I didn't get in trouble because it was an accident. I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was a laser pointer. Allegedly, I wouldn't. It was an accident. Yeah, if not, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly it was an accident, right? But anyway, this motherfucker decided to point a laser at a helicopter. And hold up, now that I look at it, that's literally the entire story. How do you get caught doing that? How do they pin? You know, what I'm saying pinpoint the location. This is oh. Is it this website? No, it's not this website. Oh, what happens is, oh, so, oh, shit, they have video of it. 
So this guy looks like he's it. Oh, shit. So they have video from the helicopter of this guy. Look at this shit. Of this guy at his, it looks like he's oh, at his crib. This nigga dumb as fuck. Yeah, they have like infrared video of this motherfucker. <laughs> and like at his like estate or whatever, <laughs> pointing the laser at the fucking helicopter. Yeah, you're probably going to go ahead and probably arrest you. I th- and it, it, from the looks of like this infrared thing, it looks like it's a like military grade helicopter. It was a 48-year-old man who shined a red laser at the helicopter Come on, bro. <laughs> from his own backyard. Uh, he told deputies he ain't know it was illegal. Uh, what are you doing? Felony misuse of a laser device. Wow. That doesn't be like some teenagers. Yeah, me too. Definitely. <laughs> you first of all, what are you doing with a laser pointer at fifty? Like if you're not playing with your dog or your cat or like yeah. some sort of pet, why do you have one of those? Are you doing presentations? Like what do you, like you got a PowerPoint nigga? Like what is, what 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 is it? Why do you have one of those? And then why would you point it at a fucking helicopter. And if you're going to point it at a helicopter, don't you just do it once and then run away and hide? Like, oh shit, I put it up. Like, and a military one, that's something. That's the thing. The infrared footage from that shit looked like... They thinking somebody pointed a gun at him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Guns. Yeah, nah, bro. You can't be doing shit like that, man. Fucking Florida, man. <laughs> Fucking Florida, man. And this was the other part about this that's disturbing. This was last year. This was not no long time ago. <laughs> this just happened. Anyway, man, I think that's a wrap for this week. Really good, really good podcast this week, I think. We're going to figure out um, how to continue to provide y'all with this content. I think the 30 minute episodes are, are getting folks excited. And then I think we're going to have some more shit to hit people over the heads with um, in terms of content. Just stay tuned, stay plugged in. As always, you can listen to us anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, We're literally on all digital streaming platforms, all DSPs, except for Tidal, until we on Tidal. So all you have to do is look up uh, the Self-Medicated Podcast or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, you can see the full, you can listen to the full episodes um, on any of those platforms there. Definitely make sure you follow us uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at The Self Med Pod. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, The Self Medicated Podcast. Do all of those things. We're going to start having like, I don't know, maybe polls or something start doing some shit for y'all to start participating and letting us know what type of topics y'all want us to talk about um until the next time we will talk to you later it's the self-medicated podcast man we out here let's go